thanks so much for joining us on another episode of Tifosi Football Radio. My name is Christian Baldanza Di Tacchio. And this is Giuliano Caleri. And it is Thursday, March the 18th. Once again, thanks so much for joining us today. It's great to be back. It's been a long week for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've been itching to get back, and now we're finally here. So here's what we got for you today. We're going to talk match day 27 in the City A. We're going to preview match day 28 a little later in the City A for you. We're going to talk Champions League. And we're briefly going to talk about Europa League because those second leg fixtures are today. And we're going to talk a little Canadian soccer, some controversy about the Canadian Championship final, and uh, talk a little bit about Saskatchewan getting a professional team in the Canadian Premier League. So we'll talk about that a little later. So lots to talk about. We're diving right in. Here we go. Lazio, Crotone, Lazio, Giuliano, literally just by the skin of their teeth, Beating Crotone here, three made, to two. Yeah, made it very difficult. Crotone unlucky not to come away with some I points. Know. Came down to the big Luis Alberto Sergei Milikovic Savage to rescue the day. Yeah. Uh, and Ciro Immobile, his struggles continue in front of the net. Very hesitant, not shooting the ball. What's going on with him? I don't know. And if I'm Roberto Mancini with the upcoming upcoming World Cup qualifiers coming up, I'd be a little worried about this guy. Yeah, there's big question marks with him. No Italian's really firing right now at the moment. No. All I can think of is uh, Caputo's kind of coming back slightly. But Balotti's cold. Chiro's cold. Lasagna's cold. <laughs> Who else? There's no one. There's nobody. So, I don't know. That yeah. That's a big question mark with the national team. But also in this game, uh, super sub Caicedo comes on, scores a spectacular goal. Saves him. Yeah, I think Andres Pereira went for the shot. He intercepts the shot because you know it's no good. He flicks it up in the air and just hammers it. What a beautiful goal. Saves him. Uh, a player that probably deserves to be starting. But Lazio, this form, this poor form, ever since they lost that Inter game, they've been on a complete uh, you know, horror show for them. Lost all uh, belief, lost all morale. Now they've been smashed twice by Bayern. Crotone almost beat them. Looks yeah. like their top four dreams are slipping away. I mean... Yeah, they're almost dead, the top four dreams yeah. for them. And then Crotona, on the other hand, showing some life. It may not be over for them yet. Because now that bottom three is heating up. They're all starting to heat up in the bottom three. Yeah, so. it's getting exciting. Yeah. So, I mean, don't count this Crotona team out. Yes, I am saying that. Do not count them out. <laughs> um, they're showing some life under Cosme which is shocking, but uh, yeah, Lazio almost, almost losing two points here um, But if it wasn't for Caicedo. So yeah, Lazio gets a 3-2 victory. Their slim top four hopes are still alive. Yeah, I just want to bring it to Crotone as well to give some credit to Simi on those two goals. Yeah. He scored spectacular. And uh, Juanes again, the Algerian, I think still owned by Napoli. This guy, Napoli could use a player like him. He is phenomenal on the ball. Just reminds me of the old school number 10s. This guy does everything. Sorry, not not even an old school number 10. The old school kind of small forward that can dribble, run at defenses, create, do everything. It's uh, He's fantastic. Great skill. And also, Junior Maceius being dropped from forward to the midfield. Cersei Cosimi changing the tactics a little bit there. Yep. Maceius showing his versatility, playing up front and being able to play in the midfield, this guy I've said before, 
spectacular player. Uh, so great job at Katron. Like you said, possibly they could possibly get out of this relegation battle. There is a chance. Slim chance, but yeah. it's, it's possible. Yeah, it's going to be a long shot. But Now let's move on to the next game. Atalanta hammering La Spezia 3-1. to one. Yeah. Routine win. Yeah, Spezia... It's surprising, but not surprising. You expect them to, you know, they did what they normally do, the high press. They they try and play possession. They try and control the game. But Atalanta, you can't really play that way against them because they'll they'll just press the crap out of you. They'll counter press you and, and get and their expose goals. You. Did. If yeah. you open up against Atalanta and you leave them holes, they just feed in that, right? Exactly, exactly. And, and they force teams into making errors, which Atalanta did perfectly. Spezia made too many errors on the ball. Yeah. And ultimately, that was the difference at the end of the day. Atalanta, terrific team performance. Um, Spezia just outclassed. Pas- Pasalic, Mario Pasalic, the Croatian international, just played a, a great game. Fantastic game. Yeah. What did you, uh, any other standout players, anything from this game? Yeah, they just. I just think this team played well. Atalanta, uh, Zapata, coming on, off, Zapata coming off the bench, con- chipping in on an assist. Luis Muriel scoring as well. I mean, this Atalanta team... They're fantastic. They're fantastic. City A, top four in the City A looks close to being a lock for them as much as I hate to say it because I don't know if there's going to be anybody now that can keep up with them. Yeah, I know. I, surprising here too. Uh, this is So this is going to go into our Champions League uh, review as well, but Sportiello starting in that here. And starting. And that's why I started in Champions yeah. League, so a lot of question marks there. We'll, we'll get into that. Golini on the bench for both games. Yeah. Apparently it's tactical. He stands by his decisions, but like I said, we'll get into that. So, uh, Atalanta, easy 3-1 win. That top four race. Yeah, I know. Keeping it very interesting. Big time. And Zoet, I just want to bring it to Spezia. Zoet started now, I think, the last two games. Yep. Provedal's been dropped. Do you think it makes a difference, Provedal and that? Zoet, Zoet did not have a good game. Do you think Provedal, if he's in net, should he get a spot back? And would, so, it, would it have changed the result possibly? So it looks shaky. I mean, for a goalkeeper, when you haven't played for a while, it's tough to get back in when you're called upon. Like, when you're sitting on the bench as a backup and you're not rotated regularly, it's tough. And Zoet, this is what? Zoet's third, fourth game in Serie A? Yeah. So, I mean, yes, he started back-to-back uh, for Spezia, but it, it doesn't look good. He needs five, six games to to break in yeah. and uh, but what a strange time to be bringing him back yeah in it's at the end of it the doesn't season make like sense this. it doesn't make yeah. sense like I I thought Provedel was doing a great job yeah uh it could be an injury that we don't know about yeah I mean I guess they're trying to give confidence back to their number one goalkeeper but at the same time this point in the season you just need to go with yeah what's working I mean yeah. especially the, where you're sitting in the table right yeah this is desperation mode for a lot of teams yeah. And to put in a shaky goalie, it's not going to help. No, it doesn't. But we'll see what they do. Match day 28. Next game, Sassuolo. Edgenel, Verona, 3-2. to two. Yeah, Sassuolo. Verona, this game went the way I thought it would. Uh, Sassuolo hitting form. I mean... Hitting form up top. Their defense is, is non-existent. Shaky. It's true. That's I don't know true. where this defense has gone, but they have been abysmal since the start of the new year. I mean, that was always going to come into question with the Zerbi. At the beginning of the year, they weren't conceding as much. We knew they'd always have a good offensive game. They're leaking big time. But man. they're leaking. And this is their start in defense as well. This yeah. isn't like they're 
you know, there's Kira Kiss, Ferrari, Kirakopoulos, yeah, Kolan. Ferrari making a huge goal line clearance in this game. Yeah. He played, he played great. He played great, but he was the only guy that stood out. Andrea Consigli has been non-existent for me as a goalkeeper. Yeah, he has been great. Kirakopoulos. Uh, I'm going to yeah. butcher that name. Kiraikopoulos. Kiraikopoulos. He, he's not holding his own on the left no, side. No, he's not. Um, but overall, I think everyone else is having a decent game. But yeah, the defense. From the midfield up. Yeah, from the midfield up. The problem is the wingbacks, I believe. Yeah. The wingbacks are not doing their job. Tolia and the other respective wingback on the right side. And it's putting a lot of pressure on the center backs to have to do more than their job. They're covering yeah. the spaces up behind by the wingbacks. And they have to worry about the middle part. Uh so, yeah, a lot of question it. marks in this team. Something Zerbi has to work on. But, look, they got the job done against a very stubborn Hellas Verona team. I mean, what more could you ask for? Uh, they yeah, played great. Lazovic on the opposing side. Hellas Verona, outstanding. This is back-to-back excellent games by the Serbian. Yeah. Really the only player to show up in this side. Um, no one else is really performing for Hellas Verona. No. no. Yeah. No. They've kind of hit a wall. Yeah, they have. I mean, Kevin Lasagna is not working out. No, he... Big waste of money there. Zakani, poor game from him. Barak played okay. He just didn't get a goal. I, that's, yeah. He's kind of their knight in shining armor. Right? Yeah, he saves the day. When he's on, he saves the day. He provides a little bit of everything. Aerial, aerial presence. He's a good creative player. Yeah. Good finisher of the ball, but... But it was good to see DiMarco come off the bench and score. Yeah, Laz- so Lazovic seems to be keeping DiMarco off off the starting lineup, surprisingly, because yeah. DiMarco, again, with another goal, I think he's outstanding. I think Jurch, that's a fault of his. Why aren't you starting DiMarco? He's obviously a talented player, you know, scoring tons of goals. I don't think he'll be there next season. I think Inter will po- possibly keep him. And one one guy I wanna I wanna talk about. I know a lot of our listeners may not know him uh, by name. On this Verona team, uh, he's been a disappointment uh, big time for Hellas Verona. And I want to talk about Daniel Bessa. Daniel Bessa, yes. I mean, an inter- a former Inter player. Prodigy. He was supposed to yeah. be the next uh, big thing. He was. And uh, he's in the prime of his career. The, the, the sky was a limit for this guy, and he has continuously disappointed. And... Another guy, Sturaro. What is going on? Yeah. It's like these guys should be fantastic midfield players at the prime of their career, and they're both horrendous right now. But let's move on to the next game. This one was a shocker for me. The Fiorentina smashing Benevento 4 1. Vlahovic, hat trick. What do you have to say about this game? First, I was impressed by the finishes of Vlahovic. The tenacity in front in the box he's showing, the way he, uh, especially the third goal, the way he held off his respective marker and then just instead of powering the ball, which a lot of strikers do this these days, he just took the ball out of his feet, curled it top corner, his left, goalie's right. Goalie had no chance, Montipo, and what a what a beautiful finish. He he was amazing. And then also uh, Ribéry and Eserich, the way they combined for the final goal as well. The two Frenchmen, beautiful. Fiorentina looked on. This game, if they play like this, a lot of teams will have trouble against them. Uh, they looked outstanding. On the other hand, big question marks about this team, Benevento, which we've brought up a couple times. They look lost. Mm-hmm. People in Zagi looks out of ideas. They're not scoring goals. Gaich, the uh, Adolfo Gaich, the young Argentine, he's uh, the next, apparently the next big thing in Argentina. So a player to look out for 
but he didn't have a good game. Mind you, no one really had a good game, minus maybe Onita and Caprari. The rest of the team, no one's showing up anymore. No. And, and I'm telling you right now, they are in a big fight for relegation coming up. Yeah. With, I th- with a few games, uh, well, more than a few games left, but around two months of football left. There's uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of points that could be made up from the relegation teams, and they got to start winning yeah. some if, games I here. think if you see them continue to drop the next couple of weeks, and Zaki's gone. To go back to City B, I think would kill this team. Yeah, I think so. This yeah. team does, this team has invested heavily in players in order to uh, in, to stay in City A. Pasquale Fudge has been doing a great job bringing in these players, like bringing in a guy like Camille Gleek from Monaco. That was huge. Yeah, that's a huge um, sign for this team. You know, this team is built to stay in City A, and if they don't, it'd be an utter failure. On the other side, though, I want to talk about another player. Had a fantastic game, chipped in and an assist on the goal. And I'm talking about Bartolome Dragowski. Yes. He must be pissed off because he did not act. He was actually dropped from the Polish national team. Lukas Skorupski has taken his place for the third spot on goalkeeper for qualification. So who is it? Fabianski, Szczesny, and, and Skorupski. Wow. So they probably they probably have the best goalie lineup in, in the world right I, now. I know. <laughs> I know. And uh, you got to imagine Dragowski was pissed off about getting dropped because this guy's a prodigy. And so I guess that inspired him. He bounces back with a fantastic game. Uh, just keep it up, Bartolome. You'll get back there. But right now, yeah, Skorupski's got to be Skorupski's the guy taking his spot. But fantastic game for Bartolome here. Keep up the form. Keep up the great work. You're on a roll now. Just keep going. That's what I have to say about Bartolome. And Fiorentina, all in all, I think this win pretty much secures you. They've achieved their mission. I know I'm calling it early with 10 games left. Anything can happen in 10 games, but uh, I think Fiorentina's safe now, especially yeah. with this big win. Yeah, there's a realistic gap there. Uh, that It's going to be hard to, for the bottom teams to catch up to. I mean, it looks like the teams in it right now in that relegation are the Spezia, Benevento, Torino, Cagliari, Parma, Crotone. So I think those are going to be the teams towards the end of the season. Um Next match, want to go? Genoa, Udine. Let's do it. 1-1. Big, big point for Genoa. Big point for Genoa. Man in the shades. Man in the shades. Heading into this game, Udine was unbeaten 5. Genoa, sorry, uh, after this game, Udine have now been unbeaten in 5 games. Genoa now have gone 6 games without a win. Still picking up points. Still picking up points, but not great. Udine, on the other hand, looking great these days. Very hard to beat. Very hard to beat. Musso's bounced back, yep. uh, showing why there are so many clubs after him. Uh, Conceded, Rod- conceded. I think a bit of a weak goal this it game was, with Pandev. But, but uh, Rodrigo De Paul, fantastic game. Roberto Pereira, fantastic game. The one thing, and I keep saying this, is I understand why you went with Llorente because you have Pereira making the runs, but you need to give Ilya Nestrovsky more time. This guy. Macedonian international forward. He's going to be in the starting lineup side-by-side with Pandev at the Euro in the summertime. Like I said before, this guy's got pace. He's got height. He's got footwork. He's got. He's a great all-around player. Just no belief. They need to play this guy more. Need to play him. On the other side, for Genoa, again, the, guys that are, the guy that's pulling the strings in the midfield, Kevin Strutman. Yeah, he's having an outstanding season. Since he came to Genoa, he's been fan- fantastic. 
I wouldn't be surprised if Genoa want to make this a permanent stay. Yeah, and then then he'll start playing like crap after. <laughs> <laughs> no, he seems to he's play fighting, good. He's fighting for a job, that's why. <laughs> he seems to play good when he's in Italy on Italian soil in an Italian league. Yes, um, but yes, that's true. When he's healthy, he's good. Yeah, big 1-1 draw for Genoa. Let's move on to the next game. Bologna-Samp. Bologna-Sampdoria. Yeah. Another game. I wasn't surprised. It's been 17 and a half years since uh, Sampdoria has beaten Bologna yeah. in Bologna's home. 17 and a half years. Uh, I couldn't believe that stat when I, when I saw it for the first time. So this result went the way uh, probably should have. You can tell they were practicing their shooting because Bologna yeah. did not have a shot <laughs> off target. <laughs> but the one thing I want to say is I want to give credit to Emilio Darrow. Yes, they conceded three goals. It could have been a lot worse. He made some outstanding saves. Kept Bologna, or sorry, kept Sampdoria in this game, kept Bologna at bay for as long as he could. And they were fantastic saves. They shouldn't yeah. have touched. And uh, I don't know what more you want from this guy. Yeah, out of it, he gets a contract extension, actually. So he's yeah. re-signed with Sampdoria to 2026. Uh, Well-deserved. Well-deserved. Well he's, he's a goalie for the future yep. and the present. He's doing that good. Uh, he's only yeah. going to get better. That's no, 100%, a scary part. 100%. He's only going to get better. But yeah, Bologna... Like you said, the shooting was phenomenal from this team. Svanberg was excellent. Musa Baro, I think they were the two catalysts in this team for this Soriano. victory. Soriano. Yeah, Soriano getting a nice goal. But I just want to say, Svanberg, how great he played. He did everything. Tackle, score, create. He was unbelievable. And the amount of Scandinavian... What impressed me the most is the amount of Scandinavian midfielders in this in this fixture. Uh, Thorsby, just in the starting lineup. Thorsby, Ekdal, Svanberg. Yeah, Olsen as well. The, the all around for Bologna, fantastic performance. The old man up top, Rodrigo Palacio. Yeah, he's fantastic doing fantastic game. He's doing not scoring too many goals, but he is He's contributing. Yeah, he's like a false nine. He's a creative forward, more more so than a goal scorer. Qualiarella getting a big goal. Big. Uh so nice for his confidence. But ultimately Ranieri, this team is toothless. There's really not much yeah, they're hard. It's hard for this team to get goals. Yeah, Sampdoria. Very interesting tactic from Mihailovic, benching Orsolini, and putting Baro in Orsolini's position on the left side, and worked out really well. Yeah, I think Musa Baro is more of a winger than he is a forward, and shows how versatile he is. The fact that they... It, it was a bold move to start Bado over Orsolini, but it paid huge dividends there. I agree. Bado, uh, he looks a lot more dangerous when he's picking up the ball in the midfield and running at players yeah. than playing up front. Absolutely. So. Well, let's move on to the next game. Let's get this game out of the way. The uh, run the run comes to an end. Yeah. Uh, the run comes to an end. So... We all know who we're talking about here. Parma. Two nothing victors over Roma. Holy <laughs> cow! What an upset! Um, I want to give credit to Parma. They wanted this game a whole lot more than Roma did. They came out and they dominated this game, which was a shock. And the one person I was talking about Juliana before we came on air, the one person that made a huge difference. It was his first start in Serie A since 2011, I think. 
It's been a while. Yeah. Graziano Pelle. Guy didn't score, came off injured in the 55th or 56th minute, but my God, what a difference that guy made. He was a nuisance. Yeah, he, he, just the intelligence of his runs was uh, – that's yeah. what caught my eye when I was watching this game. Yeah. The intelligence of his runs, his movement, the way he's able to draw guys in, the timing of when he releases the ball. He just – he knows – like he's not—he's not an outstanding dribbler. He's not an out—he's not fast. He's not outstanding in any regard in football. Like you'll find better players alone in City A who are better in all those categories. Like Kevin Lasagna is probably a better, you know, in regards to running. He's faster. He's a better defender from up top. He's probably even a better shooter of the ball, believe it or not, even though he only has one goal. But Pele, where he's better, is he uses his head. Yeah. And uh, that's what a lot of players don't do anymore. They don't know how to use their heads when they play up top. It's all about uh, instinct. For him, he like the way he drew the penalty, yeah. uh, it's huge. These little things make all the difference. And that's been Parma's biggest weakness is that offensive linchpin to bring the entire team together. Yeah, He did it. It's been coming for a while now. Uh, Parma have been knocking on the door of getting their, I think, what, fourth victory now in City A it's been? Or th- oh, this is only their third, third. victory. Uh, third victory in 27 matches. It's a massive win, confidence booster. They've yeah. needed this in a long time. Mihaela and Dennis Mann, I, I believe both Romanian, yeah. add a lot of pace to the wings. I mean, it's a new team now. They look they look great. Gustavo yeah. Bergman slotted in the midfield, uh, played, did an excellent job. Uh, so it's, I'm happy to see Diversa get his first win. Yeah, and Kraus was in the stands for this game. Kraus was in the stands. Luigi Seppe finally had a big match. Finally, finally showed up between the sticks. Uh, and they just completely had an answer for everything that Roma threw at them. I, the only thing Roma really had going for them was Spinazzola. He played excellent. He did. Yeah. He did. And uh, you can tell the big difference this in this team, the big hole, is Henrik Mkhitaryan not playing. That's a huge hole. And Stefano Sharawi filled in admirably in the first leg against Shakhtar when Mkhitaryan got hurt. But this game, there was no answer. He had no answer for this Parma wall that was set up. Pedro, uh, not a great performance out there. Marash Kambula leaving gaps at the back. Uh, yeah. I, I would say it was a big blame for, for both. Um, what about Bru- your... Sorry, go. Bruno, I'll bring him up after. Bruno Perez. Uh Bruno Perez, you could tell why Rick Karsdorp is the number one choice on the right side. Bruno Perez, to me, does not impress me. The one thing I want to talk about, I know I'm a big fan, I'm a big supporter of Paulo Fonseca, but there are little things that he does that annoy me. So things in this game, you're lacking creativity. You have a guy that's been sitting on the bench that hasn't played since June 2020, and I'm talking about Javier Pastore. This guy's been sitting on the bench for a long time. It's going to be a year in June that he hasn't played a competitive minute in in professional soccer. And this guy's been sitting on the bench, been, has been putting in his training, has a creative mind. You know it's lacking. Why not use this guy? Why not? Why not? You don't have Mkhitaryan. I understand you tried to put El Shadawi there. It didn't work. Pedro didn't work this game. Uh, Pellegrini playing in the holding mid, so can't be that creative. And VR is, has no creative mind whatsoever. He's just he's just a no nonsense holding mid. So, yeah, I'm just it's little things like that that frustrate me. When you have resources like that, use them. And bring it on Reynolds. Why? You're down. 
You're yeah, down. He didn't, look, he didn't look good. Why are you bringing in a new player? Bring on Karsdorp. Bring on Rick Karsdorp. Reynolds, give him a run on Thursday when you're in the second leg on Shakhtar because you're up 3 nothing. You can afford that. Why give him a run there when you're down and you have to win? Why not give Santana a shot? Because this guy is familiar forgot, with this I forgot team. about him. Davide Santana is there. What like, about why? Juan Jesus? Oh, no. No, that guy, no. That guy, no. <laughs> if he was why, even on the bench. Why not Calafiori? Like, guys that are familiar with this team. That's what I'm talking about. Why Why you bringing on an experimental player when you're down? You got to win this game for keep, to keep your top four hopes alive. What about your hot and cold goalkeeper there? Yeah, Pau. Uh... What can I say? Bad pa- game from him today. Pow, pow is pow. Pow is pow. And everybody knows I'm not a fan of pow. He's not a ball-moving goalkeeper like people say he is. Which he's, which he's supposed I've, to be. <laughs> I've said it I've said it more than once. It was a miracle the season he had at Betis two seasons ago that got him this big transfer to over to Roma. I would go back to Mirante to be honest with you. But at the same time, Miranda hasn't played in a long time. He's going to come in cold. I would even give Futsato a run. Nobody knows. We got a Brazilian kid that came from the Brazilian league, I think two seasons ago, Daniel Futsato. He's not a bad goalkeeper. Give him a run. Paulo Lopez is not the answer. He's had some good games. He makes some great saves. But I will say this again. This won't be my last time, but I'll try and make sure it's my last. I'll try... For this to be my last time say it. He only makes good saves on chances that he creates for the other team because he screws up. So that's what I got to say about we'll that. that. This is focus on the game today in Shakhtar. Let's just move on from this because this was a huge blip in the radar. This really hurts our chances for top four. Couldn't afford this loss. Knowing who we got to play this weekend, it was not the right time to lose not the right time to experiment but hopefully we can learn our lesson and move on yeah next match now let's talk about a scudetto champion here 2-1 not yet getting there what 11 points now 11 points but still a long way to go 2-1 win for inter over torino eight wins in a row for inter yeah after this uh victory i know there were some uh there were some comments made about how inter won this game yeah, uh, about the penalty. Yeah. I mean, all the Juve fans complaining about that. I mean, Armando Izzo was a stupid challenge. Yeah. Lautaro's backs to the net. Why yeah. are you even attempting to go through the player to yeah. get the ball? The only people I heard complaining about it were Juve fans. <laughs> and the only reason why is because they're not getting those calls this year. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to me, I, I to bring it to, I thought it was a penalty. I. Lautaro, he's his, his feet are planted. Armando Izzo goes to the to the ground and takes him right out. Yeah, that was. I mean, it was, was a, it was a bonehead bonehead play. Lautaro was going nowhere. Um, but Inter making a meal out of this game. They made it extremely difficult. They did. To, ugly, ugly win. Very ugly win. Torino actually hit the post first. Lukaku with a big clearance off the line. Uh, Lianco playing outstanding. He's the guy that actually hit the post. Uh, Inter. Really didn't do much until until Armando Izzo had that big brain fart and just yep. went through uh, Martinez. And then uh, the big change, again, this man showing his worth. Subbed on in the 
56th minute. I think we all know who we're talking about. Erickson coming on for Gagliardini. Made a big difference. Made all the difference. That's when we got our two goals. That's when all the creative... Uh, That's right. Creativity started clicking together. The offensive game started clicking together. And uh, Martinez and Lukaku, they looked like different animals when uh, Erickson was brought on. Yeah. Why Gagliardini played over Erickson again... You gotta ask Antonio. Conte. You gotta ask Antonio exactly. I, but it's it was probably a rotation. It, he probably it, thought, oh, it's maybe, Torino. Yeah. I think it was a rotation move. I would hope so, but it shows yeah. it shows how important Erickson is because he was heavily involved uh, in the passing play building up to that penalty. Uh, Handanovic in this game making some big saves. I mean, overall, this Inter team they look very hard to beat. Defense looks phenomenal, but no one playing uh, really, no one playing great this this game. No. Except maybe Luca uh, Lautaro. Yeah. Question marks too on the goal. I would say for Torino, there was for people that watched the game, saw the replay on that goal. Skriniar gets pushed by not only Sanabria who gets the goal, he was also pushed by uh, Zaza. So he was pushed twice in the back yeah. and then tripped over. You know his momentum took him over. I think Handanovic and then Sanabria just kicked it in into the net. Open goal. And no one even batted an eyelid at that. So if we have controversy over the penalty, that goal should have been disallowed as well because it was a clear shove in the back, not by one player, but by two players. However, I didn't see that. I didn't I didn't understand. But uh, Torino looked good, not great, and we'll show, you know, that continues into the midweek and gets a swallow. But uh, Inter just getting the job done, doing what, getting those championship points, making probably an easy task more difficult than it had to be. Yeah. Next game, Juventus 3 to 1 over Cagliari. Penaldo shows up. <laughs> I just got to say this one thing about Ronaldo. Um I'm sure all our listeners will will like this. So, for those of you that don't know, my 4-year-old boy Ignatius, he is a huge Cristiano Ronaldo fan since he could talk. He loves Ronaldo. And since Ronaldo's been with Juventus, He's a big Juve fan. He loves Juve. He's got a Ronaldo Juventus jersey, courtesy of his Nuno Louis. Thanks a lot, Dad. So he did watch the Juve Porto game with me after school that day, and he told me he's like, Dad, he's like, Papa, what's wrong with Ronaldo? He's like, I got, he's got. I thought he had new shoes, and that makes him faster. I said, No, 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 it doesn't work that way. When you get older, you slow down, and Ronaldo just sucks. And yeah, he didn't like that too much, but. I guess Ronaldo must have heard me because what a bounce back. Three goals, hat trick. Yes, one of them was a penalty, so Pinaldo showed up for a game. But this was a great 3-1 win for Juve. They ran rampant on them. I got to give them that. I got to give them that. Yeah, Ronaldo answering his critics in the media and Christian. Every critic that said he was washed up <laughs> saying the new generation of player, Haaland and Mbappe, are coming through. That's been plastered everywhere over uh, social yeah. media. It's yeah. the new generation coming. And then Ronaldo just has the game of his life. I think yeah. he scores in the first not done nine, yet. 10 minutes, ninth minute. Not he scores a header. He answers with three goals, says, I'm not done. I'm here to stay. You know what? Credit to him. I have to give oh, him yeah. credit there because after Porto knocked Juve out, everyone thought, oh, he's not going to care about this. It's just the City A now, and that, that wasn't his priority. Like, he's just going to... It's not how he works. He, this guy works. wants to he's be the best every every day he yeah. steps on the I got to give him credit there, so... Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have too many bad games. No. The credit he... I know he was at fault for the way he jumped. Like, he was celebrating, and you know, how he celebrates all his goals. Yeah. That's the way he jumped in the in that Porto game on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> With his arms spread out, his legs See? open. See? And the ball went right through his legs. <laughs> um, 
So I understand the criticism for that because you yeah. shouldn't be jumping like that in a wall. But that's just one, you know, mental lapse from him. The stuff he does on a daily basis. Yeah. It's insane. Three goals again here. He's definitely carrying this team unless he plays good. Well, there's another player really that's playing good. Yeah, Chiesa. Chiesa, but he doesn't have the... Cons- My man. Yeah, he, he played good, but he doesn't have the consistency of no. Ronaldo. He doesn't have the goals. But he's very young. Yeah, very young. A lot to... You know, it's only his first season in, at Juve. That's right. But if... You know, there's still a lot of questions to be asked about, about Pirlo. You know, unless Ronaldo shows up, Juve does nothing. They do nothing. Unless, I mean... Like, Pirlo seriously has to get this team sorted out. He brought Danilo into the midfield... A bit odd, tactics-wise. Uh, I mean, you Kulusevsky have, on the right side. Yeah, Kulusevsky on the right side. I mean, you have McKenny there. McKenny at Schalke was playing in the center of the field. You had Artur on the bench. He could have slotted in the mid. I guess Danilo must be showing something. He didn't have a bad game either, but in all fairness, it was the Cagliari. I guess he wanted a bit of steel beside Rabiot, who, who's not as good defensively. He does more of the number eight work. I guess Danilo as well could cover for Kulusevsky if he pushed forward. I just think that's the problem with Pirlo's Juve is he's made it too complicated. I've said from day one, just play players in their positions. You got to keep it, I think, especially as a new coach, you got to keep it stupid simple. Yeah. Make the instructions very simple, understandable. The player has to know, I'm in the spot. This is my job. I just feel like with Pirlo, Pirlo sees the game differently from these players. And he has to learn how to come down to their level and see the game the way they see it. I think that's his biggest problem right now. I know he's a rookie manager, so he's a lot of work to do. But yeah, uh, a lot of growing pains. Yeah, it looks like it looks like Agnelli's gonna run with him for another season. Cause yeah, I think the Scudetto's out of reach here. You ba- you basically just got the Coppa Italia left. Yeah. Um, per- personally, I wouldn't. I wouldn't keep Pirlo. I mean, if I'm Juve, I'm. I want to be one of the biggest clubs in the world. Yeah, I'm looking to bring in one of the best coaches in the world. That's what I'm looking to do. I'm trying to poach a top, you know, top manager from one of the top teams. If they didn't fire him after that Porto game, they're not firing him till the end of the season, if anything. Yeah, a lot of question marks still. I know it was a three-one win, but like we said, it, it was a, it was a Ronaldo win. Yeah, it was another it was another Ronaldo win. Uh, no one else really stepping up to the plate again. Yeah, Chesney made some big saves. Um, That's why he's the number one for yeah. Poland. Cagliari just didn't have and don't have the quality to compete with this Juve team no. man for man. And no. uh, that was the difference. Yeah. I think Leonardo Semplici, this is, was this his first loss? No. First loss. Yeah, first loss. So yeah. Expected though. Yeah, but expected against a tough Juve team. Yeah, so let's move on. This was the big game. Napoli, Milan. Yes. Napoli, they did it. They edged out this Milan team. Stefano Pioli showing the fraud that he is. <laughs> He's not a championship winning manager. He can get you to a certain level, but he cannot get you Scudetti. He cannot get you any trophy. He can get you to a certain level. So it's time to move on from this clown. Um, <laughs> very one-dimensional coach. We've talked about it. One-dimensional coach. Only knows one way to play. There is a blueprint out there of how to beat AC Milan. And everybody is now using it. Napoli deserved this game. Ospina, fantastic. Fabian Ruiz, fantastic. The former Interista, Politano, fantastic. Doing it for both Inter and Napoli this game with that yeah. goal. 
Big get time. a Napoli close to the top four, Inter, helping them run away a little bit more. That's right. And as much as I hate to do this, I have to give him credit. The captain stepped up this game. Lorenzo Insigne showed up in this game. Yeah, this this is three. And he played well. Yeah, three matches in a row. This was a big game, and he showed up. Tom, ever since he kicked that advertising board, he's been yeah. a new man. He showed up. He's playing with more joy, but he's playing with anger, like he, controlled anger. Yes. I, I love it. I love yes. the way he's playing. That little, that trident behind Dries Mertens, because Dries Mertens to me didn't play that great. But that trident of Politano, Zielinski, and Insigne back there, and like in the attacking midline, holy cow. Yeah, Zielinski's been a revelation this year. He's been Poland might do something, man. They could. They got some pieces now. I mean, uh, yeah, Zielinski's been. They fantastic. got a lot of depth, but he's yeah, he's been great. Now with Insigne in form too. Yeah. Fabian Ruiz, the way he played. Now it would it would have been nice to see a midweek fixture happen. That's all I'm gonna say. You know, but we'll get into we'll that. We'll get into that. But in regards to this game, <laughs> yeah, um, Napoli. This was fantastic for them. I don't think one player played a poor game really, besides Drews Mertens. Yeah, not one player but played a poor once game. Once Oziman came on. What a difference. Oh, yeah. I think Oziman, for this lineup, the way Gattuso arranged him, Oziman's the answer up top. That's the guy you got to play up top because they are going to run rampant with those four guys playing up top. Yeah. And who they're playing this weekend, I'm f- I'm freaking scared. Yeah. Because as I would a Roma fan. But let's talk about the other side. Yeah, let's talk about the other side. Uh, I mean, Donnarumma, Manet, Hernandez, Gabia, Tamori, Dalot. That was the defensive crew. They did okay. They did all right. They did Where all do right. you think the game was lost for Milan? Where the game was lost? Where the do you think? The game was lost in the midfield. Which has been, I think, their weakness all yes. season. You cannot rely on Frank Kessie. Kessie, Tonali, Kalanoglu. Kessie, arguably, probably the worst player, surprising on the day. Kessie and Tonali together don't work. Yeah. They're like the same player. They yeah, go they in do some of things. Yeah. They, they're aggressive, and you can't, like... They take stupid fouls. It's just midfield-wise, Castillejo played terrible. Yeah, Castillejo, I see a lot of Milan fans are frustrated with him. Yeah. I, I, I think can't stand They him want to personally. see the back of him gone. Chalanogu did not play that great. And now you're starting to see the gaps up top. Krunic is not a great answer. Leal, he offers some great pace. Rebic comes on, gets a red. Like a clown. Yeah, he got a red for, uh, uh, what did he call it? He called the refs, the I ref, he said his mom's a mother, a uh, whore of Napoli. That's what he said, yeah. <laughs> You're a whore of Napoli, and then he got a straight red for that. What a clown. But I'm going to give Milan credit here. Tomori, I'm a big fan of. I think Fikayo Tomori's got a bright future at AC Milan. But how sad is that? This is a guy... That couldn't even break into the Chelsea squad. Slots right in, and he's like your he's your best defender yeah, right away. Is. How he, bad is that? Because Fikayo Tomori could not be the driver at Chelsea. Fikayo Tomori, no, I know. I, regardless, is the driver though, I, regardless, he should not be coming into this team and being the best defender right away. Besides Simon Kier, I would say he's the best Simon center back. Kier is best. Tomori has slotted in well, slotted but in too well. too well. Well, like Gabia hasn't been Great. showing up. Romagnoli played okay. This he game. played okay, but. Romagnoli, these guys, what I'm saying is these guys got to take their game to another level. A guy from the second team of Chelsea shouldn't be coming in and outperforming. 
you know your first team players right well, off the bat maybe like a that. Team, maybe somebody like Chelsea. I think that's a but that's a wake up call for these Italian players. I think a big time. But on the other side, you could say Chelsea was stupid to let this guy go. Like what? Well, are you I don't think so. Look at look over there now in Champions League, yeah, and right. then there's no Italian teams there. I wonder why. When you're second, you got B team players from Chelsea coming in, but there's and showing Itali- up the entire first team of the Milan squad. But there's some Italians in there. Yeah, but they don't play in City. Yeah, I know, I know. Hey, listen, that's another think, that's another topic. Yeah, but I think Fikayo Tomori played fantastic. Yeah, he I did. Think he Dalot did. played fantastic. Taylor Hernandez played fantastic. Gijo Donnarumma, he played okay. He played okay. I just for me the problem Zatan not being healthy is a huge problem. But Liao, to me, he's not a striker. I, I, he he's got to sit behind. I think he he should be playing where Kalinoglu plays. I truly believe that. I think Kalinoglu, as good as he was at the beginning of the season, he's not. Uh, consistent. That's always been the big thing about Kalinoglu. Yeah, he has great moments within a season, but he's never able to. No, like his bad performances are bad. He can look like the greatest player one week, and he can look like the worst player on the field the next week. Yeah, uh, he has no consistency in his game. So for me, Liao, it's really that's all they're banking on. Rebic was sent off. You have no Zlatan. Hog has been. He's too young. He's not really stepped in. Casaleo is not good enough. Krunic inconsistent as well so really who do they have to go to no one except leo leo's got to do everything on his own and uh this there's just a lot of missing pieces manzukic is what a bust he's been yeah. waste of waste of money signing him and it puts a lot of pressure on your midfield to perform and it just it's not it's not good it's not good so milan milan are in huge trouble right milan now i need to they they wake up because they honestly they're could, gonna miss out on europe if they don't I'm, to keep this right up. now there's a huge possibility I had them finishing. What did I tell you? Yeah, I had I had them finishing fourth. I truly believe at the end of the season you're going to see them hover around that fourth yeah, place spot. They so could they, be the ones fighting for their lives. Yeah, they got to get their act together quick. Uh, but Napoli, on the other hand, yeah, this it's looking good for them. Yeah, great performance, great team performance. And Senior, when he's playing like this, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. I want to see this for, from him in the international week if he gets a chance to start. He deserves it playing like this. Um, Great. It's unfortunate Gattuso won't be part of this team next year. He's, he's called it uh, quits with this team for next year. Him yep. and De Laurentiis have part of ways, I guess, opposing opinions on where they think Let's this team should go. Let's see who comes in. Maybe it's going to be Allegri. Yeah. I do want to talk about the big talking point of this match was a penalty appeal by Theo Hernandez towards the end of the game, yep. not given by Pasqua. Pasqua was ripped apart by the media, given poor performance ratings from all the major newspapers. But uh, Theo Hernandez was... I think his back was to the net, something like that. Anyway, he, he got the slightest of touches along the side of his shin, went down. Um, of course, because that's what he does. Exactly. And I, I think that's why it wasn't called, to be honest. What you just said, he has a reputation now as a diver. Uh, he's built himself that reputation yeah. now in City. Yeah? And then he goes and cleans out Bakayoko after. And there was a big scuffle on the sideline. Donnarumma was called names by the Napoli bench, so... Not a good look there uh, by by national uh, teammates as well. He was being called names. But Theo Hernandez, yeah, that was a big controversy, whether that should have been a penalty or not. To me, the second you get into that territory, I've talked about this many times, the second you get into that territory of giving penalties for the slightest of touches, you're going to run into huge problems. And uh, this is a contact sport. You have to give the defenders some forgiveness in making a challenge. You have to. You can't just take away all tackling ability from a defender. Yeah, it's you know, ridiculous. That's ridiculous. You got to be able to go in 
and Bakayoko did go in, and he, but he didn't hit him hard enough for him to fall the way he did, and he embellished it. There was contact, but he embellished the contact. Yeah. That's the way I saw that controversy yeah. play out. Exactly. Well, I agree with you. They lost. I see at the end of the day. They lost, and they got to get their – they shouldn't be relying on penalties to win games. Well, when you're they given got, one almost every other game. <laughs> they got to they start winning games not relying on the ref. They got to turn that around. They, they got to the fix last that. Year. They got to fix that big That's time. That's the UV of last year. So, <laughs> for the last nine years. So, um, Fire there. <laughs> let's move on uh, to the makeup game uh, between Torino and Sassuolo that took place. So, Torino yes. played one of their makeup games. They were down 2 nothing. Okay? 2 nothing to Sassuolo. And then a switch came off. Desperation set in. They just took the handbrake off. They came back. Yeah. Forget this defensive approach. That's just what go. desperation does. Huge win for them. Huge win. Yeah. Gets them out of the bottom three. With a game to make up still against Lazio. Yeah. So Sanabria, you know, conceding those two goals, I think, early on in the first half, it made a difference. It's, yeah. You know, it's like sometimes this defensive approach that these teams take at the bottom, honestly, I think it does more harm than good. Sometimes you got to know when to take the, the, the handbrake off and just go attack a team like Sassuolo. Yeah. Like you said, their defense is, their defense is shite. Probably one of the worst. So have a go at them. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, you know, beat them in the midfield. You have the players to do that with Mandaragora, Rincon, Lukic. Like these are hard tackling players, you know, Use that to your ability. Don't always rely to sit back 11 guys, attack. And that's what they did. They brought on Zaza. You got a huge brace. Finally playing a good game. Finally. Yeah, it took long enough. Sanabria continuing his good performance from the Inter game. Lianco again. Big goal line clearance. Him and Bremer, the two Brazilians, look excellent. Sirigulo. This is the one guy I got to bring I want to talk to you about. Sirigulo is the worst goalie in Europe right now. That's not just my opinion. That. It, that's, that's what the stats are showing. Yeah. The worst goalie in Europe right now. Yeah. He's, this guy yeah. clearly should not be number two in the national team. He clearly should not, not even deserve, be starting yeah. for Torino. I was going to say, so first off, Mancini's got to drop him. We'll see if he drops him on Sunday. He better. Because uh, there's better Italian goalkeepers out there. I could name half the league that's better than the him. The entire league. Well, yeah, we could realistically go the entire <laughs> league. But they're not all Italian, right? Well, any, every Italian goalie in the league <laughs> is yeah, better that's than I was going to say. Um. Yeah, when you have a goalkeeper with the potential and the stability that Vanya Milinkovic-Savage offers you, you got to go with it. And yes, we talked earlier in the podcast about uh, bringing in a goalkeeper cold, not having them play in a while, getting them wet, or getting their hands, um, getting their hands dirty. And their feet wet. There we go. That was the thing I was looking for. And um, Vanya hasn't played in a while. And you're in a bit of a desperation trying to fight for staying in the league, right? So I understand why you're going with Sidigu right now. But I think a bold move needs to be made here. And you need to go with Vanya. Because you, like Giuliano said, you statistically have the worst goalkeeper in Europe in between, he can't. St- he can't save anything. In between the sticks, so you gotta go with Vanya. He Anything's li- better right now. Yeah, Sirigu literally cannot save anything at the moment. If you're in a relegation battle, why are you keeping in a goalie that concedes everything? Just I, that I don't understand. Just I don't because know. it's Sirigu, 
I'm sorry. I don't think it's because it's Sidigu. I just think it's a st- it's consistency. But he's consistently bad. Yeah, but then you bring in a gold goalkeeper. So what? It could potentially be worse. Worse than him? Every shot that he takes I goes know. in. I know. I'm not trying to defend the guy. But I'm know. trying to tell you what Nicola is thinking as a goalkeeper. I don't know. Right? I, I, don't, I know he's one of the veteran players, a leader probably in the change room. You know, Sirigu, I, I liked him as a goalie too. Uh, yeah, it's, I love Salvatore I love Sirigu. Salvatore Sirigu, but if you're not good, you shouldn't be starting. No, you shouldn't be starting. And it, to me, this is where David and Nicola has to have, uh, you know, the courage to say, listen, Sirigu, you're going on the bench. If Rania screws up, then maybe you'll get a chance. But yeah. you have, you you know, you're done. You've... I think he, he has to. You have to make as a manager. You have to make the hard decisions. Yeah. You have to, and that's a hard decision. You got to drop one of the leaders in the team. Yeah. But assess a precedent. Precedent. If you want to be in this team, yeah, you better play good. Yeah, you have to. And you better play good, and not drop the ball. I think when a, it tell, matters. a telling sign will be if Mancini. If he's if he's in this national team, if he's in this national team, it's politics. If he is in this national team, it's politics, hands down. I, he probably won't even play a game. But no, regar- he won't. regardless, if he brings him, it's going to be for the change room. That's the only reason why you would bring him. But to me, he should be nowhere near this national no. team. When you guys nowhere got, near. when you got guys like Pitin, Odero firing. That's uh, those are your, that should be your goalies right there, behind Donnarumma, Donnarumma behind Donnarumma, yeah. Marco Silvestri, Pitin, Odero. That's it. Those are the best four goalies in Italy. Best. Yeah. For Italian goalies, yeah, those are the goalies that should be there. Not not Sirigu. No, he shouldn't be there. No, he shouldn't. He doesn't deserve to be there right now, just because of experience. I, yeah. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, Sunday we'll know. But talking about a player that played good, even though he was on the losing squad, Barardi. Yeah, fantastic game. Beautiful, beautiful goals. Fantastic game. I fantastic mean, Sirigu was at fault for one of them, but the goals were were really nice. Uh, it is big win, it is. big win for Torino in the end. Yeah. But their goalie made it harder than it had to be. Yeah, big time. That's that's why I saw this game. Uh, and then so that's big win for Torino. They get out of uh, relegation with a game to make with the game in hand still. So there was supposed to be another makeup game on Wednesday that got postponed because both Juve players, both the Juventus club and Napoli club appealed to delay the game even further citing fatigue which is a joke to me i know roma was pissed off about it i'm pissed off about it if you're napoli if you're napoli and you're juve you've been playing two games a week the whole season so far now you're gonna cite fatigue give me a break it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous and i think they only gave it to them because juve was on the other end <laughs> the FIGC is so far up on Yelly's Kulo, it's ridiculous. But at, at the same time, though, not so Napoli too, they would have had Milan, Juve, and Roma. But, but that's but that's you're on a roll. No, Why wouldn't you want to play Juve on the so Wednesday? they're on a roll? Exactly. I think they probably would have. They had a good chance at beating Juve. I think this is detrimental to Napoli. But I think they were the ones that actually pushed for this more. I, I, I think so, because I don't think they wanted to play three big matches in, 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 and, and lose three on the trot, possibly. And then I hope but then they, they go I beat hope, Milan. I hope they screw up on Sunday, then. I, I th- really hope they screw up. I think this decision to postpone this game would is going to backfire on them, because I think Napoli are playing great. This would have been the perfect time to play Juve. 
but they were obviously a bit strategically. Uh, it works. They, they were a bit know, scared. You know, Roma's playing today. Yeah, and then they have to play Sunday, and you're you can just focus on Roma for a week. Yeah, a bunch of. They were they were a bit scared. I yeah. think. Uh, Joke. But yeah, that game's postponed again. Everyone waiting. It's gonna come to the point where these points won't even matter, probably. Yeah, uh, I think that's how, I think to that's me, how long before this game gets that played. shows that shows how much of a joke the FIGC can be. That for for you to grant that is a joke because you already had this game scheduled and in place. They knew they were playing this game on the on the 17th, and then all of a sudden, oh, we can't do it. Give me a break. Yeah. FIGC needs to have the Colone to stand up to these guys and say, no, you're playing here. Too bad. We already scheduled you. Right? Yeah. It's ridiculous. But let's move on. Let's move on. Champions League, uh, okay. we'll bring it to this. So just to go over the previous results, we already talked about Juve Porto. Porto going through there. Porto! <laughs> Porto. The other game. Uh, Ciao, Juve! <laughs> the other game. Who I'm slipping my mind. I don't have that it in front was, of me. That uh, was PSG, I thought. Dortmund. Dortmund. Oh, Dortmund. Dortmund sorry. knocking out Seville. Yeah. Uh, the other the games we didn't cover, uh, Liverpool beating RB Leipzig 2-0. Jurgen Klopp getting one over Nagelsmann again. Another repeat. Uh, yeah, I repeat don't know. Result. I just think it's lack of experience for Nagelsmann at this point. I don't know. I don't. I don't see. Uh, he gets a lot of hype in Germany for being the next big thing. I know. And he's wow. going. And he's going against. I think the sixth place team in England right now. Yeah. I know the former champions, former Champions League winners. The man, the Klopp. He's going against the Klopp, but still, like this is the weakest the Liverpool's Klopp took been. Him, the Klopp took him to school. But you're second in Germany, two a couple points behind Bayern. But you like, also got to think you got to do better than you that. You also got to think Leipzig have their mind on the Bundesliga too. Ah, that's BS. Liverpool. That's BS. Have nothing but the Champions League. Now. I don't take that for one second. I believe it. So they say we're going to win something this year. It's going to be the Champions League. That's yeah. that's Liverpool's mentality there. Next uh, PSG Barca. Barca one one. Adios Barcelona. <laughs> Adios Dembele. Playing terrible and missed a ton of chances. Messi uh, missing a penalty but scored. He played, still played a great game, pulling the strings. Barca looking like the better team. If it wasn't for Keylor Navas, this could have been another uh, upset Yeah. Uh, for PSG. So Mauricio Pochettino as well. I don't know. This guy making life difficult at PSG. He's supposed to be one of the top coaches. Um well, they're into the next round. They're into the next round. Let's see if he, how many how many times have they won one league? Uh, well, they're the not they're not the, in first right now. So I know Lille is. That's why Lille, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, which they did beat in the Coupe de Ligue or something yeah, like that. But quick shout out to Lille. They're being led by fellow young Canadian talent Jonathan David leading the line there. Lille in first place yes. with a Canadian up front. Yes. Um. But yeah, this game one one. Uh, not much else to talk about besides those highlights. Barcelona dominated them. Yeah. PSG didn't do much. No, because they knew they were up 4-1. But hey, they were playing with fire. Yeah. Next match, Man City against Borussia Gladbach. No surprise. No surprise. Marco Rosa's team. Could this be Man City's year? Yeah. Uh, I think so. The three English teams have gone through. Man City. Goes to show you. Yeah, how, that's how the difference. The talent of the Premier League three, right now. Three English teams. Two German teams uh, have made it through. One Spanish, one Portuguese, and one French. PSG, that's it. So uh, they're Qatari. No, they're not French. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it goes to show. No Italian teams in there. Three English teams. Yeah. I think 
Man City, to me, the best teams right now placed to win the Champions League are Man City and Chelsea. I'm not yeah. even throwing Bayern in the mix. Chelsea? Bayern don't impress me, to be honest. The games I've watched of them, well, I know that's, that's crazy to say, I know. But to me, Chelsea and Man City have been the most impressive teams. Well, the one thing I will say in Bayern's defense is Bayern played Lazio for crying out loud. Yeah, they played Lazio. So six, we'll see. A sixth, seventh place team in City. Yeah, that's garbage. Yeah, we'll see who they that get. has a history of being garbage. Yeah, we'll, we'll, so, see, we'll see who they get drawn with. But Bayern haven't, you know, in all fairness, exactly. Maybe they haven't had to come out of first gear yet. And they'll show their teeth. I mean, they, these are marathons, these competitions. And yeah. it's all about no one went to come out of first gear and time and everything. That's been Pep Guardiola's issue. Yeah. He always... I would like to see Pep up against a Bayern. I would too. I that's that's going to be a test. I think that's the real test. To me, this is seeming like one of those years where Chelsea, they look like a complete disaster, and then they but, just managed to win the league somehow. They did it with Di Matteo. They've done it... Uh, with Conte. With Conte. like No, champi- what, Champions League winners. Oh, Champions League. They've done it with uh, Avram Grant, right? Yeah. No. Was it Grant? Yeah, I think it was Grant. Was it Grant? But anyway, Di Matteo for sure. Every Di time Mateo. they look like they're shatters in, in shambles, sorry, what? they pull it together and they win campaigns like this. There is a difference. So I'm choosing Chelsea. There is a what? difference with this Chelsea team. And this Chelsea team impresses me so much. And the reason why is because of the change they made in management. You want to talk about a prodigy coach for Germany? Tuchel. Tuchel, yeah. That. Not Nagelsmann. Tuchel's proven to be... If he wins this Champions League, he'll go down as the best current German coach, hands down. Hands down. He's totally turned this Chelsea team around. Yeah, from what Frank Lampard had, he's... It's a different animal. I think, I don't know... It's not coming to my mind. I don't even know if he's lost yet. Who's he playing? They've lost one game. Who's he playing on the left side? Some guy that hasn't that wasn't well, playing at Frank Lamp that Frank Lampard Marcos wasn't playing. Al- Marcos Alonso, but he brings in no, Pal- no, no, no. Palmieri as That's well. That's who I'm talking about. But he brought about. him in as a sub. He gets a goal. But yeah, he's bringing. Matter. He's involving everybody. He's playing him now. Yes. And who's his anchor man? I know he didn't play this game because he was injured. But who's who's Tuchel's anchor man in Chelsea? Oh, Jorginho. That's right. <laughs> Jorginho Kovacic. Another Italian. Yeah. Another Italian. Mateo Kovacic. He's pretty much Italian. He's from Croatia. He played in Italy most of his career. Yeah, no, he's he's looking. That's this why I have Chelsea, Chelsea team is scary. They have the best defense going in. They're scary. Into the next round, they have they're the best stubborn. defensive setup. They got great defense. They got a fantastic goalkeeper. Yeah, they are. They look like the hardest team to beat. And, I think and so. the crazy thing is, they're probably not even firing on all cylinders yeah. up front. Well, they're, they're not firing on all cylinders. Yeah. And wait till they do. Once the once they get that right, Chelsea going to be almost unbeatable. The example Chelsea made on Atletico Madrid. Here's Atletico Madrid. A league, La Liga leader. Okay? That's what I mean. <laughs> and Atletico Madrid looked like a joke. That's the fir- yeah, the first team in Spain. Yeah. You know, that's the best they could bring to the table. Yeah. I mean, but, that's we could say the rest for Italy. Like Juve, that's the best we can bring to the table. Lazio is the best we can bring. Atalanta is the best. For, for the Italian teams, it's... We mentioned this a bit. I honestly think the, the level of coaching in Serie A... I'm going to say right now, I think it's overrated. Well, you said that before, yeah. yeah. And I'm just going to reiterate it. I think it's highly overrated. I think uh, Gasparini, as good as he's done, I think he's slightly overrated. I think him and Conte are the only coaches that are are close to turning a leaf to becoming elite, world-class coaches that fall in the category with Klopp. Yeah, I think so. With the Ancelotti's of this world, with Pep Guardiola... You know, with those guys, the elite of the elite. I think so. But these guys, these Italian coaches, the Simone and Zaghi's, I don't, I, I don't believe in their hype at all. The Pirlo's, I don't believe in 
his hype obviously is rookie like we said i honestly think it's the coaching in italy is holding the italian teams back because they're not they're not adapting their styles to the to the modern game yeah i know atalanta he tries but we're going to talk about it. He made some very stupid changes in his team. No, he did. And he was outcoached. He was he was outcoached by Zidane. Yeah, but look what Zidane Zidane has won. I, this guy is a well, world what, class. But he's a world class coach. You know that. I that's what I'm saying. I don't think Italy has world class coaches yet. I think Conte is the closest thing to it. But I don't even consider Conte a world class coach. I'll tell you right now. T- I'm gonna make I I feel this that this is gonna happen. But you're gonna see. There's only one place that Pep Guardiola hasn't come yet. He's coming to Italy. And I strongly think that Zinedine Zidane is coming to Italy too. Well, that that's I what, think those guys are going to come to Italy and then you'll that is when you'll see an Italian team in yeah, the Champions League. I agree. Semi-finals, finals. I think I think uh I think Zidane's going to probably go to Juve. I think that's who they're waiting for to be honest with you. I honestly think in the back of my head that's who Agnelli's waiting for. Or Pep or Pep or Guardiola. Pep. But at the same time, I could see Pep at an AC Milan. With the money they have, mm. I can see him there. Yeah. Well, Go get me this, well, you know, this, and this. Maybe Pep goes to Napoli. But that that's, you know, as much money as England have, the difference to me between the English clubs and the rest of the leagues, and I'm just going to refer to the Serie A because that's what we cover, the big difference is if you look at the top six teams, the nationality of those coaches, and oh, they have bigger wage bills they can bring in these guys, and that probably is the difference. But there's, there's no English coaches up there. Well, that's why England struggles on the international stage. Well, that's a big reason why. Now they got a good, yeah. The man, management wise, they don't have a lot of good. Sorry, they don't. They have good coaches, but it's very hard to compete at the top because sure. they bring in all the world class coaches. You know, we've said them already. Pep Guardiola, you have there. Jurgen Tuchel. Klopp. We're going to throw Ole Gunnar Solskjaer there. No, we're not. He's <laughs> no, not. I'm joking. I'm joking. But it's all international coaches. You look at City, it's the complete opposite. It's all Italian. All Italian coaches. There's not many foreign coaches. Paulo Fonseca's really... Ivan Jurich. And Ivan Jurich. Fonseca, that's it. That's it. You know, the coaches are very much Italian in, in the City, huh? But in a way... it's In a way, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. But at the same time, it's the... We're not bringing in coaches that have experience from around the globe so we kind of the ideas aren't new they're not fresh unless you're playing these teams in champions league but we get knocked out so early in champions League. we never get to play the best teams i know you know we get to play the best teams one two times a year that's it you know you look at zidane his real madrid he gets to play the best teams so who has who has conte his biggest matchup has been zidane and he's played a world-class coach just twice all season yeah you know, like I said, I don't consider anyone in the city a world-class coach. I really don't. No. no. So that that's the problem. Conte isn't being tested by the best. That's the problem, I think, for all the Italian coaches. They're really, you got guys that bring in a new revolutionary style like the Zerbi, but you know, it's it's there's no meat to it. It's very thin. Yeah. You know, it's it's whatever. It's the Zerbi brings his ideas, but it's on Sassuolo. He doesn't have the money to bring in. Yeah you know, the big names and stuff like that, and the Zerbi, who has he played? So it's not, there's no pedigree to these teams, to these names. I don't, that's what I'm getting at. There's no pedigree. We got to see the Italian coaches come out and beat some big names for once, which they've flopped, occasion, you know, on every occasion, maybe minus Allegri. He's been the only one, but he's out of a job for some weird reason. But he's to bring, picky. 
Yeah. He has a right to be he's waiting. Yeah, he does. He's waiting for uh, that moment. And he's probably the closest thing, actually, besides Conte and Gasparini, that we have to a world-class manager. Um, to bring it back to the game, Kevin De Bruyne, terrific goal at Gundogan. If you want to see a world-class team, the way they play, watch City. Watch that goal. Foden, the way he receives the ball in the middle, turns on a dime, runs right at the Gladbach defense. Gundogan does a diagonal run right across Foden, draws the defenders. They get confused. Seven and sixes, like the English like to say, they were putting seven and sixes. And Foden just slots the ball. Gundogan, beautiful finish. That's a team. That's the way that team plays. That's uh, It was phenomenal. Well, Gladbach Easy shouldn't win. have been there in the first place. Yeah, ever since Marco Rosa has been linked and saying he's moving to Dortmund, it's been uh, it's been downhill for them. So uh, Gladbach out. Yeah. Next game. Madrid. Madrid, Atalanta, we just talked about it pretty much. Gasparini outcoached. The subs he made, the changes. Sportiello he brings in over Golini. Didn't understand. Uh, something must have happened there. Something must have. I guess he doesn't want to reveal it. I mean, Golini, yeah. Golini must have spoke out to him. But uh, Or Golini's hurt. I don't, I don't think he is hurt, to be honest. But his tactics. He got it wrong. He got but it wrong. He was he desperate. Get it wrong. He had to go for it. Yeah, like he a, had to open up, and they had to. They were down. They had to open up. They had to score, and Real Madrid. But the way they went down in this game. Yeah, I know. I mean, bad. you were only one nil down. You, you know, Atalanta, one of the highest scoring teams in Serie A, score more than one goal a game when they're on. But, then, Madrid, but then you go play Sportello, a goalie that's not good with his feet, and what does he do? He gives the ball away. Real Madrid showed their European class in this game. This is not. A Real Madrid to 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 boast about because this is probably one of the worst Real Madrid teams we've seen in a long time. But they have European class. When you have a class like a world class coach like Zinedine Zidane, you got some game changers like Sergio Ramos in there. Anything can happen. And so Real Madrid showed their their class on the world stage and took Atalanta to school. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's true. They do have the better talent, but. At the end of the day, it's not good enough for no. Atalanta. No, it really it's not. wasn't good enough. I thought I thought it was an embarrassment, to be yeah. honest. Oh, well, speaking of embarrassments, I don't even want to talk about Bayern Lazio. Yeah. It was a waste of a game. Bayern, yeah, Bayern didn't even have to show up. They didn't. Lazio yeah. they ended up getting a goal to save face. Parolo from a who cares? You know, complete off your beautiful cross. Who cares? But they suck. They. Uh, they yeah, suck. Bayern, Bayern on a different level to Lazio. Not yeah. much else to and say. Then Chelsea. Orzato, he a bit of controversy in that game. Atletico Madrid arguing they should have had a penalty when uh, Carrasco was pulled by Azepilicueta, entering the box. Wasn't called. And then uh, Savage gets a red card for a little baby elbow to Rudiger. Rudiger looking like he broke all of his ribs with that elbow, the way he went down. But at the end of the day, Savage, the movement gave a ref, you know, he gave the ref a reason to card him, you know what I mean? Like, don't throw the elbow, then you can't get the red. But the fact that you did that, you gave the ref something to card you for. And it was a very yeah. bonehead move, the former City A player there for Fiorentino Savage. But Chelsea looking Fantastic. outstanding with Tuchel. Uh, Europa League, we'll just talk about our two Italian teams real quick. Uh, Manchester United and Milan pulling off a 1-1 draw. Uh, Milan going home with the away goal. I don't think it's going to be enough. I think Manchester United is going to take Milan to school um, in the second leg that's taking place today. Uh, what do you think about that, Ty? 
Yeah, that that tie, the second leg will be interesting. But the first match, I th- I'm that handball that Kessie was called on, I wasn't convinced was a handball. I don't think there was enough clear evidence to call it a handball. It was very. Yeah. It, it was. You couldn't tell by the replays they showed. You sure as hell cannot tell if it was a handball or not. It wasn't. It was not clear and obvious. So I think Milan were hard done by there. Um, they played good. They did get the away goal, so the ball is in their court. But the way they've been playing, yeah, there's a lot of questions. Roma, on the other hand, pretty much did the job. Shut down Shakhtar. At home, three nothing. Yeah. Going going into Donetsk, barring some sort of huge disaster, Roma should be into the next round. So realistically, everybody. Roma could be the only Italian team left carrying the torch in Europe. Yeah. After today. Take Very take proud. that in for a second, yeah, everybody. Take that in. I'm taking and, it and in. And our only four man well, one of two our four managers. Paulo Fonseca. Look at, that. look at that. Paulo Fonseca. Uh so good luck today to both teams. I just I just want to bring up one big thing. Okay, go ahead. My dark horse team. They've oh, fallen they've fallen apart <laughs> because Zagreb. the coach is going to jail. <laughs> Zoran <laughs> Zoran Mamic is going to jail. Oh, Four and a half year prison sentence for uh, profiting off player transfers. The whole coaching staff has quit. Who knows if they're even going to show up to the game? But uh, that's it. Sad way to see that team. Ciao Zagreb. Ciao Zagreb for real. Uh, let's move on to match day twenty eight. Uh, we're going to go over this for you real quick. First game Friday three forty five Eastern Standard Time. Parma hosting Genoa. What do you like here? Parma Genoa, this is a big game. Yeah, it is a big game. Big relegation fight. Although Genoa's kind of, you know, they're not there, but they could be there if they get a couple losses. Hasn't won in six games. He's secured safety. He's done his job. Uh, Not yet. If if they lose this game, uh, they'll be right back in the thick of things. But Parma have a chance to win. Will they win? Uh, I don't think so. I think you're looking at a draw here because I think. Ballardini loves to play for a draw, so that's what I'm leaning towards. Well, I'm going to tell you, Parma's going to continue the form and make it difficult, so Parma's going to win this game. Hopefully, gonna... is Graziano going to be there? That's a big question mark. He did come up, come off injured, uh, but still, I think Parma's going to win this game. So I'm trying to take Parma. Giuliano's trying to take the draw. Let's move on. I don't know if there's too much to say about this game. Crotone hosting La Bologna. Crotone Bologna, well, there could be with the way Crotone are playing these days. But, uh, yeah, you always got to give Bologna the edge. I mean, Sarsikosami, the funny thing is he has a winning record. He's never lost a game to since Mihalovic mm-hmm. as manager. So there's a slight possibility there. But that was that was neons ago <laughs> Yeah, last time they played. So I'm leaning towards Bologna. What do you think? I think Bologna is going to win this game. So we're both trying to take Bologna. Let's move on to the next game. La Spezia hosting Cagliari. Relegation dogfight here. Big battle here. Tell me what you think. Well, Spezia's kind of been off a little bit. Cagliari's kind of been on a little bit, aside from the Juventus game. They were expected to lose that game. This is going to be a tough one. At the end of the day, I think we're going to see a draw here. I think I'm going to lean towards... Uh, I just think Calderi has it figured out defensively. I mean, the last four games, they've only lost two Juve, which is not, uh, you know, it's not a bad thing. You know, Juve's a great team. Um, Spezia, on the other hand, have been very inconsistent, haven't won in their last, uh, I think, five matches, six matches. 
was the last time they won. So I think that rotten record continues. I think uh, Italiano has to get it together. And I think they lose this game. I think Cagliari comes out with a win. Okay, so Julian said take Cagliari. I'm trying to take the draw. Inter Sassuolo, I believe, is postponed, correct? Yes, Inter Sassuolo has been postponed because of uh, COVID. COVID-19 yeah, in the Inter in, squad. In the inter DeVry squad, yeah. and somebody else has COVID-19. So it looks like Inter is going to go into isolation, which unfortunately means a player like Nicola Borella probably will not be available for the yeah. national team mm-hmm. call-up. So let's move on to Sunday's games. Hellas Verona hosting Atalanta at the Marcantonio Bentegodi. What do you like here, Giuliano? Hellas Verona have won in the last two matches. Atalanta have been on a bit of a tear, minus Champions League. Uh, I'm going to lean towards a draw here. I think Atalanta is going to be a bit rattled coming off Real Madrid. I think uh, Hellas Verona, I can't see them going three losses in a row. So I'm going to say kind of they cancel each other out. I'm going to lean towards just a, a draw. That's what I feel is going to happen I think here. nothing's going to separate them. I agree with you. Next matchup, Juve and Benevento. This has to only go one way. Benevento yeah. is shambles right now. Yeah. Juve, on the other hand, three games back-to-back-to-back victories. Yeah, I agree. Juve win this game. So Sampdoria in our next game are hosting Torino at the Comunale Luigi Ferraris. How do you see this game, Giuliano? Yeah, Torino, after that big win against the Swallow, I think they're building momentum and victory like that. You know, goes to change an entire season. It could, especially yeah. at the bottom of the table. I think uh, Sampdoria slowed down quite a bit, so I, I'm going to give the edge to Torino here. I think just with that belief alone, they're going to they'll topple Sampdoria here. I think Torino are going to run into a red-hot Emilio Dero, and uh, Emilio Dero is going to keep them at bay. He's going to keep Sampdoria in this game, and for some reason, they're going to find a way to draw this game. So I think Sampdoria and Torino are going to draw. So Giuliano's telling you to take the draw. Or sorry, I'm telling you to take the draw. Giuliano's telling you to take the Torino win. Next game, Udinese hosting Lazio. Yeah, this is a bad time for Lazio to be playing Udinese. Yeah. Um, Lazio in shambles. Udinese. Lazio, yeah, Parolo que- solid. Yeah, Parolo questioning the mentality of the of the Lazio players. He came out and said that. Uh, they don't have the right mentality right now. I think Simone Inzaghi is starting to question how good of a coach he is after getting spanked by a former Man- Manshaft coach, Flick. Um, so, uh, you know what? I'm, I am going to give the edge to Udine here. I think uh, they're hitting form, and I think they, they're going to pull one on Lazio here. I think we're going to see a draw here. I just I don't think Udinese's got enough to beat Lazio, but I don't think Lazio's got anything near close enough to beat Udinese. So I'm going to say a draw here. So I'm saying a lot of draws, but yeah, whatever. The weekend of draws. Weekend of draws. Next game, Fiorentina hosting Milan. Another team. Poor timing here. This is a bad time for <laughs> AC to be facing Fiorentina. Yeah. When uh, Dusan Vlahovic scored a hat trick, they looked really good in that game. Milan. Uh, on the other hand, not looking the greatest right now. Especially if they lose today to Manchester. Yeah, if they lose to Manchester, uh, there's going to be a lot of doubt in this team. Um, self-belief might disappear. I mean, they've only won twice in the last six fixtures. It's bad. It's not good in City. Uh, uh, one draw in that, fix, uh, in that mix as well. Exact same record as Fiorentina, actually. Fiorentina have only won twice in the last six and drawn as well. So ex- they're on the exact same form. And... Uh, I don't want to pick a draw because I think someone will win this game. 
I think I'm going to give the edge just to Milan, but I think this game is going to be really tight. It's going to be unpredictable. Uh, I think Fiorentina are the better team going forward right now. Defensively, Milan have the edge with a better goalkeeping and, and defense. Uh, but it's going to come down to, as obvious as this is, who finishes their chances. Uh, I think the only way AC Milan was this game is off like a corner kick, something like that. Or a penalty. Or a penalty. <laughs> Fiorentina. Or do. Fiorentina, I think, are more open, are more likely to score a goal from open play here than Milan. So, yeah. It's going to be a very, very tight game. It'll be a tough game, but at the end of the day, Milan have more quality than this Fiorentina team. So I think Milan edges out a victory here, one nothing, even two to one against Fiorentina. So Milan for me are going to win this game. All right. Okay. Let's get this game over with. Roma hosting Napoli at the Stadio Olimpico. Not a great time to be playing Napoli. Roma obviously playing Shakhtar today, so hopefully there's a rotation there and we'll be able to have our full starting eleven. Uh, on Sunday for this game. We are hosting them at the Stadio Olimpico where we've only lost once this season to AC Milan on a questionable game um, <laughs> with a questionable penalty in it. Roma this season have shown that they are extremely poor uh, against the top seven. And if Atalanta drop points and if Atalanta lose to Hellas of Verona, the winner of this game goes into fourth place. So there's a lot at stake for this game. Uh, lots, or sorry, um, Roma and Napoli, both 50 points uh, each. And Napoli still has that crucial one game in hand against Juventus, uh, which should have been played yesterday, but c'est la vie. Um, so I don't know how to call this game. It's, it's going to be a draw does not work for both teams. Clearly a winner has to happen. As much as I, my head is tell is telling me Napoli's going to win this game, especially on the role that they have shown. But my heart is telling me that the Romanisti are going to pull it off, and <laughs> and can they pull it off? They certainly can. The ball's in their court. They're at home, which has been a fortress for them this season, a huge fortress for them this season. They are going. They're going up against a top seven opposition, which doesn't work in their favor. But of the top seven in opposition that they're playing, Napoli's one of the most inconsistent teams. Wrong, actually. Napoli's one of the best teams in the top seven. No, they're one of the they're one of the best against top, top seven, seven opposition. That's what I'm talking about. They're, okay, no, they're, okay. They're they're consistent against top yes, seven, yes, okay, but okay. they're one of the most sorry, inconsistent sorry. teams this season. Yes. Stringing runs together. Yes. That's what I mean. Yeah, sorry, sorry. And now they're in a good moment, like you said. They, yes, haven't, they so haven't lost in four games. They're due for a bad moment. <laughs> that's a so good I'm going to listen to my that's heart. That's a good way of looking at it. For me, Forza Roma. Will that's Roma get back-to-back losses here? It's a big question mark. I agree. Someone has to win. Both teams, the draw is no good here. Yeah. It just gives Atalanta, you know, more room to, exactly. you know, to capture that fourth spot. Uh we got to talk about players being missed in this game, which is a big, uh, which is a big factor. So the players that are going to be missing in this game are Mkhitaryan, possibly Chris Smalling, possibly. On the other hand, Napoli, the players missing through yellow card suspension. Now I think this is a big one. Di Lorenzo's gone, so right back position. You're gonna have a another right back slot, and in there, I think that's a. Big, big mess for Napoli on that right. So that's a side that Karsdorp, right? Left side, no, sorry, your left side player, Spinazzola. He should be able to win that game. So I think a lot of it's going to be on that flank. 
uh, you're possibly, you know, they're going to have to go up against Chucky Lozano and, uh, or Politano. The respective Zelensky. center midfield will be probably Bakayoko on that side. And then the right back who I can't think of right now, but, uh, that's Roma's going to have to exploit them in that. Yeah. In that department there. They're also missing, uh, Salout and Amir, uh, Rahmani's out as well. Thigh problems. So it's going to be Maximovic, probably Kulabali back there again. I mean, it's going to be very tight. Both teams have very key players that are involved in the systems. You have Pellegrini on one side, Insigne on the other side. Very similar players, I would say, to Pellegrini, the more athletic of the two, I would say. Uh, better runner. Insigne, more of the creative, you know, more of a number 10 soft player. I mean, these teams are like, they're very similar, these teams, the makeup of these teams. You know, question marks up top with the strikers, question marks in the back, holes in the midfield a little bit, but they have these two star players that rely on. And to me, it's going to come down to who's in the better form between these star players. I think Insigne right now is edging out Pellegrini in regards to form. Pellegrini's kind of slowed down since the middle to the beginning of the season. So I'm going to give it the edge to Napoli. I think they just have more, uh, more going forward especially now in this moment. And Roma, the biggest strike to me against Roma is that record against the top teams is abysmal. Only three draws against top seven opponents. Um, so I think for me, the best Roma could do is possibly get a draw out of here, especially that they're at home. But I think uh, I'm leaning towards Napoli. I think Roma really push in Europa League to try and get a Champions League uh, qualification spot for next season. So Napoli... For me, okay. So Giuliano takes Napoli. I take Roma. It's usually <laughs> how it is. Um, so that sums up match day twenty-eight. Uh, before we go, just two quick talking points, um, or three quick talking points. <laughs> well, <laughs> so uh, I want to bring it back home to Canada, the Canadian Premier League. I want to talk about the good news first. So the Canadian Premier League has awarded Saskatchewan its ninth expansion team into the league so uh, the team in Saskatchewan will be the ninth team into the Canadian Premier League this is huge news congratulations Saskatchewan has some of the most passionate fans um, in the country the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is always a packed house in the in the Canadian Football League there's no doubt that wherever they put this team in Saskatchewan the stadium is going to be buzzing it's going to be bumping it's going to be great so congratulations to Saskatchewan very well deserved. Still don't see a team in the province of Quebec yet, but I'm sure that's coming. Uh, I think that's probably the next team that's going to come yeah, into this. Yeah, they, they should. They have to get yeah, one. They're eventually going to get it. So big congratulations to Saskatchewan. We're so excited. We can't wait to announce more about team name, uh, when you guys are going to come into the league. And uh, to all the Saskatchewan fans, can't tell you how happy we are for you. But then... Yes. Some big controversy. So here. when the Canadian Soccer Association takes one step forward, they take three steps backwards, in my opinion. So the Canadian Soccer Association has decided to postpone uh, the Canadian Championship that would have determined who's playing Club de Leon uh, from Mexico because of COVID-19 protocol. I believe there's a bunch of COVID-19 cases in the Toronto FC camp. Forge FC have haven't obviously been able to train yet. So they are postponing it till after the Champions League, pretty much. 
Forge will get to host it, whoop-de-doo, in Hamilton. But Toronto FC gets awarded the Champions League spot. What a freaking joke this is. What a joke. You know why You know why I'm mad about this? Everyone's like, oh, you know, Toronto FC is the MLS team, blah, blah, blah. Again, you're catering to an American team, in my opinion. You should be catering to the Canadian teams that are in your Canadian league in the federation you run. So basically, you have set the example that the Canadian Premier League is second rate to the Major League Soccer. And yes, I would tell you that the Canadian Premier League is not yet there with Major League Soccer, but it's only going into its third season. And I've said, in the first five years of the Canadian Premier League, by year five, the Canadian Premier League will be on par, if not better, than Major League Soccer. And this is how you spearhead it. And people... All over social media, there's mixed reviews about it. Obviously, fans are happy Toronto FC is getting it. Fans are upset that Toronto FC is getting it. I'm on the upset side. I don't think it's fair. Like I said, I like Toronto FC. We were there for the MLS Cup Finals both times. We supported them through and through, but not this way. Because there were rumblings already that if Forge FC won won their qualification spot in the CONCACAF League, that they would have canceled the Canadian Championship so Toronto FC would get the spot anyways. So it was uh, there was already a plan in place to get Toronto FC in the Champions League, which is a joke to me. This goes to show you that the grip that the three Major League Soccer teams have on the Canadian Soccer Association. How many Canadian players have these teams brought through? They've brought through a few. Alfonso Davies. There's, there's that kid now that's being linked with all over. Uh, Marshall Rutti, Jaquil Marshall Rutti, that's being linked all over through the Toronto FC camp. Osorio. Osorio. But they basically have shown that they have a monopoly, that if you don't go through these three major league soccer clubs, you can't make it, which is a joke to me. Canadian Premier League is what's going to develop talent. Canadian Premier League is what's going to get that talent overseas to Europe. Canadian Premier League is what's going to help develop talent for the 2026 World Cup when we're one of the co-hosts and we're going to have a team there. And you're basically just... You're basically handicapping this league. You're showing it's second rate to Major League Soccer. It's not so, fair. So why didn't Forge FC and CPL fight harder for it? I think Forge FC just agreed with it. Uh, I think on their end, they didn't think they could win this game uh, because uh, they haven't been able to train, right? That's That's been the big factor for them. And at the same time, who knows? I don't know. But all I can tell you is as a Canadian soccer fan, I'm very upset by this by this move by the Canadian Soccer Association. Because it goes to show you that the Major League Soccer, again, an American-sanctioned league where no Canadian team can claim an MLS qualification spot for the Champions League because it's an American league is awarding Toronto FC the Champions League spot. That's, I'm not happy about it. What do you think about it? Yeah, it's, it's a bit... I understand MLS teams are more established in the country here. You know, that that does play a, a big factor. Um, yeah, it, it is disappointing. I always want to see the results being played out on the field, you know, due to the pandemic ruin. Maybe it, it's a bit of an exception as to why this happened. Um, you know, yeah, it's, it's never good to see a team just being given a victory. You want to, you just want to, I, for me, I just want to see games being played out on the field. Yeah. That's it. Forge most likely would have lost. Not on the table. But the you field. want to see it played on the Realistically, field. Realistically, Forge probably would have lost. Realistically. Yeah. yeah. But then, 
There's no ifs or buts about it. Toronto FC earned it. Yeah, and we'll see. They'll they'll get their match still, obviously in Hamilton. Yeah, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. That'll be the true test. To see where the CPL yeah. is against the MLS. Yeah. At the end of the day, though, Toronto FC is going to get smashed by Club de Leon anyways in the round of 16. I give them no chance against Club de Leon. The the Concacaf Champions League, the way it's structured, this is Mexico's. This is Mexico's league. They've won every single one. Yeah, they're the best. They're the best. They're the La best Liga, in North La America. Liga MX, they dominate this, so yeah. I'm not surprised. Um, so that sums up that. Uh, that basically sums up everything from today. Yeah. So we just, yeah. We have international break coming up. You want to just talk yeah. Canada quick. The team's not set yet, yeah. but they have two big games coming up, uh, March 25th and the 28th. Bermuda World Cup and qualifiers. The they start World Cup qualifiers, yeah. so keep an eye out on that. Canadian Italy fans. starting their World Cup qualifiers too, yeah. uh, but all these squads are going to be called on Sunday, so yeah, we'll probably so. be back on Monday uh, to talk about the Canadian squad talk about the Italian squad and talk about some of the big World Cup qualifiers. We'll talk about Canada's path. We'll talk about uh, Italy's path. We'll also recap match day 28 for you uh, from the Serie A. And then we go into this international break, everyone. Uh, we're also going to talk to you about the Champions League and Europa League draws. Because yes. those take place tomorrow on Friday. And there's probably going to be some mouth-watering games. Exactly. So, so until next time. Sit tight. We'll... Uh, Get back to you after the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Ciao ragazzi. Ciao. Yeah, yeah, yeah.